Hey there, On The Lift listeners. It is the heart of February. We are in the very smack dab middle of the ski season. Today we have got just this wonderful ski conversation with someone who lives and breathes the stuff, yet he lives in Minneapolis. We're talking to Eric Krantz and we're going to hear about popcorn sales funding the ski habit. So let's go. Thank you for listening to On The Lift Podcast, a Runaway Dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. We are back on the lift, and today uh, we are, we're still cruising through the month of February, and um, we've, got, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Um, I've got a really interesting friend, new friend, on the phone. Um, his name is Eric Krantz. Am I saying it right, Eric? You are. Krantz, right. Krantz with pants. There you go. And Lance, for that matter. Exactly. Um, yeah, Mike can't join us, but hey, it is Eric and I, and we're here to do what we love to do. We're just having conversations about skiing. So, Eric, thanks for joining us. Eric's, Eric's uh, one of the, the friends that we've met on Instagram. And um, Eric, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your what you do and where you do it and, and uh, uh, your connection to this world of skiing. Well, Lance, I'm excited to be on the lift, riding the lift with you today. <laughs> right I appreciate you having me on. Um, my, my background, I'm a lifelong skier. Started skiing at the age of four at Red Lodge, Montana. Oh, I've been to that town. It's a great town. It's a oh, cool it's beautiful. place. And, you know, we, we grew up as a family skiing. And I was one of five kids. And we did not have... Um, we did, we did not have the money to go skiing. I mean, it, it, <laughs> but my dad managed to scrounge it together and we even had a, a way to fund it. We, my dad had this, this popcorn cart, this kind of antique styled popcorn cart that he bought and he would bring it around to different fairs. Really? Different uh, ski areas, even ski areas actually at the time would allow us to, and we'd give them, you know, we'd give them either a part of the, the profits or we paid them a flat fee. I don't know. I was, a, I was a kid. <laughs> Your dad was doing the business. Yeah. He did yeah. the business. You were eating the popcorn sisters, and smiling I was eating the popcorn it. skiing. <laughs> and, and, but that actually, that uh, we actually had it at a couple of the local ski areas in Minnesota at various times. Oh, that's and awesome. We had it out at Jackson hole, Wyoming. Awesome. Uh, they first opened uh, just after they first opened the tram back in um, 19, I believe it was 1970. Oh, wow. Right there in Teton Village. Yep. How cool. (laughs) So your dad was able to fund, you had five kids, dad and mom, 70 on the hill. Can you imagine what that would cost today? I can. I can. Because (laughs) I I actually have have six kids. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Now, they're not all skiers, Lance. Um, (laughs) Good. Therefore, you are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, they've all been skiing, but three of them got the bug. And... um, they are addicted to, in fact, um, my third oldest just graduated from high school uh, last spring. Okay. And what I give to my kids for 
a graduation gift from high school, instead of giving them a thing, I give them an experience with dad. And that is, that could be whatever within a budget, you know? <laughs> right, right. And um, this one, of course, I knew he was going to choose it. He said, dad, I want to go skiing. And, oh yeah um, take a week and go skiing and and we wanted to go to he wanted to go to canada but with covid that is not right happening. i know such a shame so next week on the 19th we are leaving uh on a road trip and we are going to jackson hole wyoming for three days so where are you starting from i think we might have glossed over that oh we're starting from minneapolis so minneapolis I live, okay. I live in minnesota Right. which is i think minus seven degrees today <laughs> i was like before covid started i was in the airport at minneapolis st paul so almost exactly a year ago and i got off the plane and and i had a, a couple hours between flights i don't think i've ever been so cold <laughs> i went i went i was going to iowa and i uh so i went into the the um johnson and murphy shoe store in the airport beautiful airport and i had to i bought boots, you had to buy <laughs> boots of course you did i just i got on the plane yeah it's gonna be cold there but my gosh it was just oh it was just like absolutely paralyzing to the core <laughs> it is it is just brutal and if you didn't buy those boots you would have been missing toes by now i would have i would have so yeah well so you're in minneapolis and you're heading to jackson what's that going to take how long how much time do you think that's going to take I think that's 16. I think it's a 16 hour drive. Okay. All right. We'll be there. We'll be there three days. Then we're going to zip around to the back uh, and go to Grand Targhee for a couple oh, of days. Nice. Go up to Big Sky, visit a, uh, an old high school friend of mine. Uh, ski, uh, he was on the ski team with me in high school. We were both on the race team in high school oh, fun. back in the 80s. We're going to stay with him for a couple of days and ski Big Sky and then, uh, and then drive home. So, do you guys have the Mountain Collective Pass by chance? We don't. Okay. Sadly, I think I missed, that hits I on two of those three. It would have, yes. Yeah. I missed it and yeah, ouch. Oh well. <laughs> Better luck next time. So well that's a that sounds like quite the quite the adventure. Let's get back to you a little bit. I've heard you say ski team, you're in Minneapolis. Um a little more about yourself. What um what what's your life like? What do you do for a living and where do you where you know what how do you how do you make skiing happen and all that? Well, I do a lot of things for a living. I have uh, my, my summer day job, if you will, or day job, evening job, weekend job, is I drive boats on a beautiful lake called Lake Minnetonka. It's the eighth largest uh, lake in the state of over 10,000 lakes. And it's in a very affluent area, just west of Minneapolis, a uh, suburban area. And I drive for uh, a company called Al and Almas. They're the oldest uh, offering of cruises on the lake. We do corporate cruises, we do public cruises, and the boats range in size from um, about 58 feet to about 80 feet in length. They're biggies. So wow. Do that in the summer. There's a lot of boating out here. I'm in, I'm in a city called Gig Harbor, Washington. It's right on the Puget Sound, and lots of different cities have little marinas and stuff. And, and so, yeah, I, I know boats fairly well, and those are large boats. <laughs> wow. They, they are. And we cruise around the lake and, and the lake is a uh, 22 square miles in, in size. And it's got 37, 36 or 37 bays, um, depending upon who you want to get an argument with. And we cruise around, we talk about the history of the lake. We talk about uh, the wealthy, wealthy people who live on the lake. And people often ask me, they're like, Eric, you know a lot about the lake. Well, I grew up around there. Um, they're like, do you live on the lake? I said, no, but I, I live close by. They're like, well, how close? I live, oh, I say somewhere around about five or $6 million away. 
<laughs> I see. I'm getting, I'm getting the picture of this lake. Wow. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that's what you said you do in the summer. Do you do anything in the winter? In the winter, um, a, a dear friend of mine from college, also a skier who is a serial entrepreneur, uh, he had a cooperage who, and he's making barrels. He's uh, been a, a builder. He's done a couple of things and he recently started uh, working on vintage and antique classic wooden boats, repairing them. Like Chris Craft type of things? or Yes, exactly. Okay. And he called me up and he said, Eric, um, and he knows, you know, he knows me, so he knows what I can or can't do, at least to some extent. Uh-huh. Uh, and he goes, could, could you jump on this team with us? And I said, sounds great. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And then I also, I also do, I represent several ski manufacturers as, as a ski rep for the upper Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, the Dakotas, upper Michigan. And uh, that is Meyer skis out of Denver, Colorado, hand, hand-built craft skis. They actually call themselves a craft skiery, much like a, a craft, like a craft brewery. brewery. Huh? M-E-I-E-R, right? M-E-I-E-R, yes. Nice. Um, shred helmets and goggles and everybody knows at least a lot of people know that that was started by ted ligety two-time olympic champion five amazing yeah. Champion, yeah who by the way we mentioned you and i talked earlier um he is retiring he's announced his retirement from the wow the world cup uh coming up on the 19th i think will be his last race so that's his last race just in a week or two huh? okay yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll and then i represent him. another company called Kulkia. Kulkia is a ski and boot bag company started by a skier. And uh, they've grown rapidly in the last just only eight years. Uh, I think we're in, uh, I think the first year he started off, he had one bag and he got into something like seven or eight ski shops up in the Northeast. And now I believe that we're in uh, several hundred ski shops around the entire country. How's that? I, I looked at the, the, the like site for that. How's the, um, the one that intrigued me was the heated boot bag. Is that, <laughs> is that pretty popular? Well, <laughs> Nothing worse a, than freezing hot... cold boots when you get out of the car, but. <laughs> right. That's a hot item this year. Uh, yeah. Pun definitely intended there. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody booting up in the parking lot. Yeah. You plug exactly. it in a cigarette lighter in your car or you can plug it in at home and it, it heats up your boot. Um, ours is unique because it actually has a separate, like heat, uh, like almost like a taco that wraps each boot individually. So it oh. very, very rapidly, but don't worry, it won't, it won't deform your custom molded uh, boots. <laughs> so it doesn't hot. get that hot, but it's, uh, it does, uh, does warm them up quite nicely. Oh yeah. Have you ever left your boots like in your car inadvertently <laughs> after you ski and got them all sweaty and then the next day you go out and it's like, Oh, they're frozen or they're just soaked. Ugh. Oh, I used to race in the, the adult, um, the adult leagues, the beer leagues here in Minneapolis. And I did that. I did that a couple times. of times <laughs> and, and yeah, it's really hard to get them on when they're oh, it's the worst. frozen solid. The worst feeling. Cool. Well, so that's, that's kind of, you got your hands in a lot of different pots. I like, um, the the connection in the ski industry and and um uh you you know you you keep things mixed up that's for sure from from driving large yachts to to uh repping you know everything down you know through goggles that's that's pretty awesome so um so you and your son are planning this trip out to jackson it's going to take you 16 hours and so i was at jackson last year it has i i don't remember the numbers they're like 
4,400 vertical feet or something just I'm not, I think they're the largest continual ver vertical feet in the country. It's a Pla lot, yeah. Places like Big Sky will tell you they have more, but it's not like you, you have to go to two separate like regions of the mountain to get the amount that they advertise. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's got an amazing town, just so much to do. And I know it's a little different with COVID, but, you know, they've got just, you know, it's just charming. You know, they've got the, the, the little park in the middle of town with all the antlers. They've got the great old, you know, Wild West saloons and stuff. And then the skiing is just unparalleled. Um, I think, you know, a couple episodes ago, Steve Casimiro said, if you could combine Jackson Hole with Alta's snow, he'd never leave. And, and I don't blame him. I mean, it's just got some- <laughs> I, I listened to that and he, he did say that. I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, has your son been there before? He was, we were there uh, four years ago. Okay. And uh, we stayed at the hostel right at the base oh nice and we went out there as a family and and so that's where we're going to stay again because it's just it's too cool you know it's, right there <laughs> it's been there since 19 i mean i stayed there when i was a kid in fact on one of our ski trips as a child there uh i got chicken pox um Ooh. second second day of the trip on a wow. week-long trip uh-huh so i think i skied like the first two days and then i got to ski like the last day for like half the day that okay was a rough trip that's a rough one man oh yeah world-class resort right yeah well too bad your son's not old enough to go to the mangy moose that's always a fun little little uh after ski bar there at the bottom of the mountain that i know he's 20 so it's yeah. Like, yeah yeah well dad can sneak in there for a couple <laughs> <laughs> you never know we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see all right happens. well i want to hear more about your local skiing too because um you obviously <laughs> 300 vertical feet at it <laughs> yeah what are what are some of your local mountains and, and do you get up to them very often you know lance i i get up to them quite often i've been a, a ski instructor for ski school <laughs> this is my other job um oh did i mention i do some snow plowing i do some commercial snow plowing in the winter from oh my gosh we could use you around here we're going to get a big dump tomorrow and no one in this part is ever ready for snow <laughs> but, um. Um, but no i get out to our local areas a lot i'm, I'm actually not this year i'm taking a, i'm taking a year off from it which i've done from time to time but i've been teaching for this ski school which is which is actually the largest traveling ski school in the nation. It's called Ski Jammers. They've been around for 52 or 53 years. And, really? Do yeah, they teach it? Do, do they instruct at multiple mountains? Is that what you mean by traveling or, or exactly, what? Exactly, Lance. Okay. So it's, a, it's um, what, the, what you can do as, say, a parent is you sign, it, sign your kids up for the program and you pick one of the several, there's about five different locations where they can get picked up by bus okay and they'll go to that exact same location every week for eight weeks eight, eight saturdays in the winter and uh, they get picked up by the bus they have the same bus chaperone they get to the ski area they have the same instructor every week because they're part of this program right and but each week instead of going to the, the same ski area you rotate around to a different ski area so you go to you go to seven or eight different ski areas over the course of the of the winter okay that sounds like quite that, a program. So, it, so seven or eight, se seven or eight. Um, so what are some of these areas called? What's your, what's your favorite of the local areas? <laughs> My favorite would be probably Welsh village, which is probably got the highest vertical and some of the longer runs. We're talking a vertical of, uh, uh, well over 300 vertical feet. <laughs> okay. 400 vertical feet. 
That's the whopper. Okay. That's the whopper. <laughs> now, when we say mountain, you got to understand that it, up in the upper Midwest, it's, it's, it's not a mountain. It's actually a valley. Almost every single one of them is, is in a river valley. So okay. you, you cruise across cornfields or plains or a you know, flat area, and then you get to it and you, you drive down oh, wow. into a valley. Okay. Just the, for the opposite. Most part, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Okay. Welsh Valley. And so Welsh what's Village. this place? Welsh Village. Okay. So Welsh Village, 300 to 400 vertical feet. Um, do they have all the amenities at these places, like a lodge and, you know, place to have lunch and ski, like rental shops and all that? Everything, everything. Um, there's none of them have any, you know, lodging because why would you travel to but within one hour of minneapolis there's all of these all of these ski areas that are um right around 300 plus one of them's a little bit less but the most famous of course is buck hill and buck hill is within only about 35 minutes of downtown minneapolis and many 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 uh, olympic skiers have come out of their racers they have an incredibly strong race program Lindsay Vaughn. Oh yeah. I she's recognize a, that. Thing. She's a Buck Hiller, huh? Yep. Wow. And, and many others. Oh, interesting. And interesting. of course we go there. Yeah. Yeah. So there, how many, how many areas are there within reach of, uh, of Minneapolis? You said there's a, several within an hour, like how well, many? I'll, I'll run them down. We've got Mount Cato in, which is in Mankato. Um, the climber, Jimmy Chin, who was also the photographer and, um, movie producer he he started skiing there as a youngster there's powder ridge up in kimball near st cloud minnesota that's about 200 i think it's about 260 vertical feet and that is actually a a hill that sticks up out in the middle of the prairie oh, okay the valley. all right um there's buck hill right near town there's a little town a little county-owned town uh court a hill called highland hills uh, my son is a lift operator there all right that is about 15 minutes from downtown Minneapolis. Oh, wow. That's close. That's also about 250 vertical feet, but uh, they have a drop-off line there and uh, an incredible terrain park with a very high speed rope tow. And okay. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids are riding that terrain park every day after school. <laughs> Is that right? It's right. It's, because you can just re- get within reach of the city. That's right. I see. That's cool. Yeah. And there's a uh, Welsh village, which I mentioned. Yeah. That's the, the the farthest one there's afton alps which is now a vail owned resort vail bought them uh, a few years back they have 18 chairlifts no kidding uh, four chalets um sounds huge but it's you know it's probably you know 200 acres okay no it's not that much it probably can't be that much it's probably more like 50 acres <laughs> i don't know 18 uh, chairs you've got to be kidding me then 18 chairs on one lift <laughs> eight, no 18 chairs 18 okay chairs. oh wow okay yeah. got, i'm gonna have to google some of these and check out some of the some of the pictures yeah, well you go up just a little north of town and there's uh wild mountain and they are almost always the first to open because they're down in the the minnesota river valley and it gets a little bit colder up there because there's an hour drive north and down there the the cold settles down to that valley and they almost always open um early november sometimes as early as late october and then wild mountain like wild it mountain. trollhagen is the other one that's just across the border from them in wisconsin there used to be many more but a lot of them have closed um, when i was a kid there was probably another five six little ski areas some of them were just rope toes i learned mm-hmm. to ski at a place called 
called Ski Tonka. I mentioned I was, I lived near Lake Minnetonka and this was called Ski Tonka and it had a few rope toes and that's all. Uh -huh. We had our popcorn machine there <laughs> for a did. couple of seasons and that was only Earn those lifts, like lift tickets. three miles from my house, four miles from my house. Oh, that's close. Wow. Yeah. What an interesting, what an interesting um, lesson on, on Midwest uh, ski areas. I, I was recently joined um, a couple Facebook pages that um, are, they sort of hold dear in their hearts ski areas that aren't anymore. And, um, and cool. I just like you hear just right here in Washington state, I've been just absolutely floored by how many ski areas used to exist that I never even heard of. I've been skiing my whole life. I'm, you know, 54 years old. And, and, uh, you know, there's a few, we got a handful of small areas that are, are truly mama papa areas that have made it through, you know, whatever tough times may have come or tough snow years and that kind of thing. But my gosh, there must be, there must be over 40 of them. The list is just absolutely exhaustive. So. And 40, 40 that have actually ceased to exist. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and many of them sad. were in places that maybe it was ill-advised to spend money on a chairlift because they might've had a couple of cold seasons and thought great, great idea. And then they went like six seasons without any snow, you know, it, it just kind of, um, you know, maybe bad judgment, but I, it's just, um, just kind of, I, I, my mind is real curious when it comes to, um, that kind of history and places that, that used to, you know, people used to go to recreate and they're no longer there. I know um, mine too. There's, uh, I heard some great history about New York state and how many used to be there. And there's dozens and dozens and dozens that used to exist there. Wow. And I've, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. I heard some trivia that New York has, New York is the state with the most ski areas and at the time i heard it which was it's dated was 56 areas and i don't know if that's counting some wow. like single rope toe ski clubs and all that kind of stuff but but yeah it's um it's uh it sounds like quite the place to explore and see what's out there cool well i have got to think with all this rich midwestern ski history in addition to the popcorn machine you've got <laughs> you've got something that stands out maybe a family trip maybe a Maybe, I don't know, some, some story to share with our listeners before we wrap things up for the night. Well, you know, I, the thing that comes to mind, Lance, is you did a podcast and you recorded it. Um, oh, yeah, the, the opening about, day live. Yeah, yeah, yes, that was fun. And you talked about recording, and that's really what connected <clears> me to you, and I reached out to you then. And, and when I was a kid growing up, you know, we, my dad would bring the cassette player and uh, for those of you who don't know what a cassette player is, you can <laughs> Google that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try to find that cassette. And maybe that's for a future podcast. Oh, I'd love it. We, would lo we loved listening to those over and over years later. Because one, you'd hear your voice and you go, wait, wait that's my voice. I don't sound like that. I don't that. sound like that. Yeah. 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 And, and two, it was like, wow, that was when I was you know, five or that's when I was 10 or that's when I was whatever. And it's, we would, we would drive in our, our, our suburban and that was back before seatbelts. So my dad took out the back third row seat and we just throw a bunch of people back there and, you know, maybe throw like a sleeping bag. And so this, you know, seven passenger suburban really ended up holding like, you know, 12 or, you know, whoever wanted to go skiing with us. Um, that you know, sounds familiar. I love it. <laughs> if they could pay for their lift ticket, we'd 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 find a way to get them to the hill with you. We'd oh, get them there, and you know, we always, without fail, did a. It was a homemade lunch. You know, we didn't we didn't stand in the 
line and buy food at the, no way that wasn't that just wasn't <laughs> in the budget and, part of the equation no way and really it, it kind of wasn't in like like our we all were we love skiing so much it's like i don't have time to stand in that line it's like stuff some food in your face and get back on the left because we we got skiing to do yeah skiing to do (laughs) but we would we would record our trips and then i started doing that with my kids and then recently i've done it on other trips not just ski trips but just any kind of adventure trip camping trip canoeing trip wherever we drove somewhere and now of course i take out the phone and record it Mm -hmm. and i look forward to next week when my son and i head out to our our loop jackson and targi and and big sky to, to record some of that that's gonna be a great loop i'm excited for you guys so I what, do. i'm super stoked <laughs> what do you do with the recording when you're done do you do you like edit it and seam it all together or do you just kind of hold on to it and then someday you're going to listen to it again or oh no, it's raw it's yeah no editing it's just, yeah you know because some of that some of that stuff that you maybe would edit out i think later is is the most magical part yeah yeah I, I, have, I have a memory of my my brother my little brother um you know learning how to ride the lift and my mom and my mom was just the sweetest sweetest lady just such a kind and tender heart she's passed on now but she taught me to ski a, a fair amount i did have some instruction but uh she was i remember this recording because she was interviewing my my little brother about how to how he got to ride the lift that day and it was the first time riding the chairlift as opposed to a rope tow or t-bar right and Big day. i know right yeah it was for me i remember it. and as they get up to the top you know that she's like okay and what do you do with the top and she, she was trying to get him to, to say ski tips up you know you put your ski tips up before you're going to get off the lift and he couldn't he couldn't get to that and then i could hear you can hear on the tape like my my mom whisper to him but then by this time he was upset and he said like ski tips up and just started <laughs> crying and, it's, you know, and, and he started crying and it's like you know i think most people would have if they had the ability to you know you would have edited that out or something but that yeah. was that was gold that was that is gold oh my gold. gosh play that forever <laughs> and we still tease him about it <laughs> We might need to run that if you can dig that one up. That might need to become a little uh, closer to our show because we say I something similar somewhere. to that. So. I'll find it. I'll find it, Lance. It's not. It's not an. It's very, very close to our parting phrase. So I like it. That's great. Yeah. Well, and that's what made me think about you. I was like, man, when I found out about on the lift, I'm like, this really. You, you struck a chord with me. <laughs> well, good. Our goal is to strike a chord with all kinds of skiers and we've had some just you know just crazy daily bombers who are out there and we've got people who go up you know maybe once a season and we're just trying to capture the soul of this amazing amazing sport that we all love and by the way i haven't really uh, plugged it give us a call some listeners we've got our phone number 253-260-4577 leave us a message and uh, and like Eric, you can find us on Instagram as well, and you can shoot us a message there. That's been a lot of fun to get to know so many of the um, of our listeners uh, on Instagram. So, and our webpage on the Well, Eric, this has been a real joy getting to know you. I guarantee you, if I ever take a ski trip that has me 
uh, headed to Welsh village. <laughs> I'll be looking for your couch because they don't have any accommodations. So <laughs> I have a couch. I have a couch, man. I'd love to have you. Yeah, I'm so excited for your trip out west. Um, enjoy the heck out of it and give us a shout out when you're out there. And uh, appreciate your time, Eric. We are wrapping things up. So let's put our tips up and raise that bar and get off this lift. Ski tips up. Great ride with you, Lance. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number, 303-690-3000.